Faith Promise, how we doing this weekend? Mercy me. Very excited to be here. My name is Micah Stevens, and I'm the creative director here, and I just, I'm honored and excited. I'm a little nervous, and here's why. People have been asking me, Mike, are you ready for this weekend? Mike, are you ready for this weekend? I've said, yes, but I'm a little nervous. Mike, how could you be nervous? You're on stage all the time. You're on camera all the time. Here's why. On camera, I'm a character. This Easter, I played Barabbas. So if you walked away from that weekend, you go, Barabbas is kind of a tool. Barabbas, I didn't really dig him very much. I can walk away, and that can just shrug off the shoulder. That's a character I, I portrayed. If you leave here this weekend not liking the person you saw, this is all I've got. <laughs> you don't like me, it's just drive until I run out of gas and lay there and die. So let's hope that doesn't happen. So that's where the nerves are coming from. We are in the fourth week of hashtag no filter. Have you enjoyed it thus far? It's been unbelievable. The heart behind hashtag no filter is so often we compare our seemingly ordinary lives, our broken and sinful lives, to the edited to perfection highlight reels of others. And with that, we begin this want and desire to have things we don't have, to be people that we are not, to be places that we are not, to live a life, live a standard that the scripture never tells us to live. And that is the heart behind hashtag no filter. That's why Jacob was the perfect person to look at in the scripture. Week one, Pastor Zach talked about that God cannot bless who we pretend to be. We talk about facades and masks. Jacob literally tried to be someone else to get his way, to trick his father. Week two, Pastor Matt did an incredible job of talking about the bowl of beans. A hungry Esau came in from the hunt. Jacob, involved in yet another trick, tricks his brother into giving him his birthrights for a bowl of beans. And Matt so eloquently put that if you believe one hour a week at Faith Promise Church will keep you spiritually filled, you are gravely mistaken. And we will make the same mistake Esau made in giving up our birthrights, sinning, falling into traps for something as simple as a bowl of beans. So find your way into small groups, find your way into scripture, and really hunker down so we can continue the war against the enemy. Week three, Pastor Chris talked about the place of Bethel, a place of remembrance and celebration. So often we need to look back on what God has done, and this is the whole heart of hashtag no filter, finding who we truly are, finding our identity, and stop comparing ourselves to one another. Well, this weekend we're going to be in Genesis 29 and 30. It's a lot of scripture. If you have your Bible, you can head there now. I'm going to set the scene for us. We're in Genesis 29 and 30, and we're going to focus on Jacob a little bit, but we're going to focus also on his family and his wives. That's right, I said wives. It is about to get weird, officially weird, okay? It is going to get unbelievably weird. All right, Jacob has nothing. He's on the run. I always thought Jacob got the inheritance, so he's got all the stuff. No, he doesn't get it until Isaac dies. So as long as Isaac's alive, Jacob has nothing. As long as Esau's alive, Jacob's life's in danger. So he runs away. Jacob is on a journey trying to find another place, trying to find himself. He, in, verse 20, in chapter 29, we find Jacob in the people of the east. Jacob is walking. He sees shepherds. He goes, shepherds, oh, where are you from? They go, we're from Haran. Oh, you know, you know Laban, son of Nahor? We do. How is it with him? It's good. That's his daughter coming right now. She's a shepherdess. She has sheep. 
And then he sees the shepherds gathering around this well. Over the well is a very large stone. The shepherds had to wait for all the shepherds to come so they can move the rock together. Jacob says, you're doing this all wrong. It's not time for that. Water your sheep and then go pasture them. I do not like Jacob at all. Don't you love those people that will walk into a situation, have no idea the tra traditions, the customs, how it's done, and just tell you how it's supposed to be? Just do it this way. I know what I'm talking about. Just do it this way. How Jacob has survived this long is beyond my, I don't know how. Okay, so we pick up here. The verse is on the screen in verse 9. While he was still speaking with them, Rachel came up with her father's sheep. She was a shepherdess. When Jacob saw Rachel, daughter of Laban, his mother's brother, and the sheep of Laban's mother's brother, Jacob went up, rolled the stone from the mouth of the well, just did it himself. Put another 45 on the bench. There's a lady. Here we go. I'll do anything to impress a woman. That's way past your max, friend. It doesn't matter. Just rolled it away himself. Then Jacob walks over to Rachel, kisses her, lifts his voice, and weeps. I'm not a ladies' man. I don't pretend to be. But if you're single in the room, please do not walk up to a woman you do not know. Put your mouth on her mouth and then cry in front of her. I do not know. We obviously are missing some family traditions. We're missing some cultural context. But I'm glad that's not av available anymore. Do not try this at home. Then he said, I'm a relative of yours. And, he, and he's, I'm Rebecca's son. And she ran and told her father. Apparently it worked on her. Again, do not try this at home. So this is Jacob. Jacob's left. He ran away. He ruined his family, lied to his brother, lied to his father. Now he's on the road. Now he's finding a little hottie, a little dime piece. And he thinks, life's good. So Rebecca, uh, Rachel, runs ahead to her father, Uncle Laban, tells him what's going on. Uncle Laban meets Joseph and then kisses him on the mouth. What's with all the kissing? When I asked my beautiful wife Joyce hand in marriage from her father Jack, he didn't kiss me. And I am internally indebted to him for that. I don't understand what's all the smooching about. But again, don't try that at home. Uncle Laban says, you are bone of my bone, flesh of my flesh. Come in, stay. So Jacob is retelling everything that's happened to him, why he's on the run. And he stays with him for a month. Stays with Uncle Laban for a month. Jacob's living high life. Because Uncle Laban's got cash, got crops, got cattle. He's got a place to stay, chill. After that month, Uncle Laban comes to Jacob and says, you're family. I can't work for free. What should your wages be? Here's where we get to some other characters in the story. What should your wages be? Now, in verse 16, now Laban had two daughters. The name of the older was Leah. The name of the younger was Rachel. Leah's eyes were weak, but Rachel's were beautiful of form and face. Now, I don't want to get too deep into this, but weak eyes could be translated as cross-eyed, lazy-eyed, what we do know, it's not a compliment. I believe this is the Bible's version of saying she had a good personality. <laughs> Beauty's on the inside. But Rachel was beautiful in form and face. Talked about her body and her face. Jacob found him a dime piece, and he's excited about it. So we've set in the scene here Jacob, Rachel, and Leah. We got, we're in 18. Now Jacob loved Rachel. So he said to Uncle Laban, I will serve you seven years for your younger daughter Rachel. Seven, the biblical number of perfection. 
Laban said, it's better I give her to you than any other man. Stay with me. So Jacob served for seven years for Rachel. And you love this, ladies. And they seemed but a few days because of his love for her. I believe Jacob loved Rachel so much because she was beautiful and she had money. Why not? He was about what he saw. When he saw her in the field, he saw that she was beautiful and he saw her sheep. Jacob's always been about something he can get. Jacob's always been about things that he could have. He's a heel grabber. He's a ladder climber. So he works for seven years for Rachel. That's the deal him and Laban made. And Jacob is feeling good about himself. He escapes death, and now he's engaged to a hottie, hottie McTotty. So he works. It only seemed like days. That seems ridiculous to me. Seven years is a long time. Now he says, this is, and now we figure out what Jacob's true intentions were. He says in the Bible, it's in the Bible. Uncle Laban, my time is done. Give me what's mine so I can have her. He wants to have sex with Rachel. That was his, that was his whole plan. That's what I want. So many of us in this room, in this weekend, we want what we have. We want what we can see, what we can touch right now. I don't want to wait. I don't want to work. I want it now. So Uncle Laban said, here we go. Let's have a feast. Let's have a wedding. Let's have a party. I don't know what kind of party Uncle Laban throws, but it must have been a rager. <laughs> must have been a rager. Because instead of Rachel, pretty Rachel, Uncle Laban sends Leah, Leah, into the tent with Jacob on his wedding night. You know what I think about when I think about Leah? You know the cartoon Cinderella? Her sisters. The prince sees the slipper that she left because she left in a hurry at midnight. He, he scours the village looking for who fits the perfect slipper. He gets to Cinderella's house. We're like, oh no, she's locked in the basement. But her sister's there and trying to get their big hooves in that slipper. It ain't you, mama. You big-footed bitty, get out of here. That's what, for some reason, that's who I feel like Leah is. Just not attractive in any way. We set that scene up. But Jacob has sex with Leah. How is that happening? What was he on? How much is he drinking? It wasn't like Rachel and Leah looked similar. In the dark, you may not know. No, we know. She was a handsome woman. <laughs> so he sends Leah in there. Jacob lies with her. He wakes up. There's Leah. Hey, big boy. She had a deep voice. She knows she had a deep voice. One of those lady mustaches you just stare at. Ugh, just give me some tweezers up in this place. So it came morning, and behold, it was Leah. Laban said, Jacob just runs out of the tent. I'm assuming naked. Ow! Uncle Laban, what have you done to me? Wasn't it Rachel that I served for you? And this is my favorite part. Why then have you deceived me? Really, Jacob? You're going to ask someone else why they deceived you? Every morning I get up on the way to church, the first red light I have is a turn right, red light. Everyone knows if you have a car, you go up, you look left, and you go. That's the rules of the road. You don't have to stop. Inevitably, someone won't go. And I'm sitting there, go! I believe in my heart if I could attain the power of the force for one moment, I would force choke them and then shove them into traffic. But later on that day, or another day, 
I will be the person in front that didn't go on time and I'll have to get a little honk, right? But it doesn't matter because I was texting, I had, a, I had an issue. Because when someone does it to us, hellfire. When we do it, I just didn't mean to. This is Jacob, right? Jacob just deceived his entire family, tricked his way to the top, and now he's being tricked. So many of us this weekend are living lies. So many of this weekend, students are telling their parents to somewhere they're not. Husbands are telling wives lies. Wives are telling your husband things that aren't true. And as a Christian, you are called to a higher standard. Jacob is reaping what he sowed. Yes, there's grace under Jesus Christ and his blood, but there are consequences to living a lie. There are consequences to not doing what you're supposed to be doing. This weekend, there are so many of us living how we're not supposed to be living. And the world is going to hell in a handbasket because Christians are too busy getting what they want. Christians are too busy doing their own thing, but they gripe about it and they're smoggers about how crappy the world is. Why don't you get outside and do something about it? Live a life worthy of the calling of Christ. So Jacob says, why have you deceived me? I just can't believe Jacob could complain about that. Wouldn't he just go, sounds about right. I deserve to leave. I, I take that one on the chin. No. So he says, Uncle Laban says, Jacob, it's not customary for us to give the younger before the older. You spend a week with Leah, and I'll give you Rachel for another seven years of work. Bet it ain't just a few days now, bruh. <laughs> Bet it ain't just a few days now. So Jacob agreed. So Jacob, says in verse 30, went into Rachel also, and indeed he loved her more than Leah, and he served with Laban for another seven years. Now the Lord saw Leah was unloved, and he opened her womb, but Rachel was barren. I want you to write something down. Achievement versus approval. Achievement versus approval. Leah was the ugly one, and Rachel was the pretty one, right? But Leah could have children, and Rachel could not. So often we find ourselves comparing ourselves to people that think are better than us. We want to be them. We want to have their money, but they're barren on the inside. We compare ourselves to people that look so good on the outside, but lay crying awake at sleep at night because they're unhappy with their lives. Be careful who you compare yourselves to, because Rachel, yes, was very beautiful on the outside, was broken and ugly on the inside. So achievement versus approval. We're going to continue. Verse 32, Leah conceived and bore a son and named him Reuben. For she said, because the Lord has seen my affliction, now my husband will love me. Don't you love that? You try so hard to gain the love and the affection of someone else, something else. That house will just do it. This next wife will just do it. One more porn, one more porn site, it'll, that, that will do it. One more raise, one more move. Now my husband will love me. Then she conceived again and bore a son and said, because the Lord has heard that I am unloved, he has therefore given me the son also. So she named him Simeon. She conceived again. Okay, women, she's just speeding through these things. There are some things involved in between these sentences, I feel like. We're just skipping ahead. This is the spark notes. She conceived again and bore a son, and now this time my husband will become attached to me because I bore him three sons. Don't you love that God sees the broken people? Leah, laying there, unloved, felt like the world has called her ugly, and she continues to try to achieve to gain love. How, how many times have we done something hoping that person will see, hoping that our boss will see, hoping and hoping and hoping, and here's the truth. We put our hopes and our dreams and our desires in a world full of jacked up Jacobs. 
Church, how could Jacob love Leah properly when he doesn't love himself? She begs for Jacob's affection and love because it's in the wrong place. There's a man that can never give her the love she deserves. Nothing that you ever will do if you are looking for something in the world, all of your wanting will leave you wanting. All of your desires, all of your wishes and hopes will fall short if you put them in the finite things of this world. Now we're in Genesis 30, and it's about to go down. Okay, this gets insane. I've said myself, many of you, the Bible is boring. Apparently I was stuck in the concordance because this is not boring. This gets insane. Genesis 30, chapter 1. Now, when Rachel saw that she bore Jacob no children, she became jealous of her sister. And she said to Jacob, give me children or I'll die. Crazy. <laughs> First of all, but don't you love that? She has the approval of Jacob. But it's not enough. She has to have what Rachel has. Oh, she has to have what Leah has. So often you get that raise. You say, church, I'll tithe if I just get that raise. You get that raise, but more money means more problems. More things mean you want more things. It's ever-ending. It's quicksand. Rachel has the love. She has the beauty, but it's not enough. She wants what Leah has. She wants what Leah has and is jealous. It's just not enough for her. I'm going to read some, this is not on the screen, I'm just going to go through it because it just gets insane. G, then Jacob anger burned against Rachel. He said, am I in the place of God who hath held from the fruit of your womb? Here it gets weird. She said, here, here's my maid Bilhah. Go into her and she may bear on my knees that through her I too may have children. We will do anything to get what we want. We will do anything to get what we want. So she gave her maid to Bilhah as a wife. Now Jacob has three wives. Jacob went into her, Bilhah conceived and bore a son. Rachel said, God has vindicated me and he has endured, indeed heard my voice and has given me a son. Therefore, Rachel named him Dan. Rachel's maid, Bilhah conceived again and bore Jacob a second son. And I love what Rachel says here, it's on the screen in verse eight. So Rachel said, with mighty wrestlings, I have wrestled with my sister and I have indeed prevailed. And she named him Naphtali. We continue to fight one another. We posture and we scrap for the, the world's scraps, for the world's affections. She is fighting and she says, I'm physically wrestling with my sister to gain Jacob's approval. How often have we done things that we know we shouldn't have? We've lied behind people's back to try to gain an edge in business, try to get that home, cheated on our taxes because we could just get that little bit inch. And the devil is just sitting laughing as he has Christians crawling on their knees for things that aren't of God. Has Christians broken, lying, and cheating each other so we can have the things of this world? Rachel and Leah are broken. When Leah saw that she had stopped bearing, she took her maid Ziplah and gave her to Jacob as a wife. What? Jacob has four wives now. Four. I can barely handle one. And when I say barely, it's going terribly. Leah's maid Ziplock bore Jacob a son. Then Leah said, how fortunate she named him Gad. Love this. Leah's maid Zilpah bore Jacob a second son. On the screen here it says in 13, then Leah said, happy am I, for women will call me happy. So she named him Asher. If Jacob won't love me, maybe others will. If the thing that I want, maybe I'll go another route. Again, something that's not of God. Maybe Jacob won't love you, but other people will. Other ladies will. Mom's in the room this weekend. You ever see your kids 
other, other, other mom's birthday parties on Instagram, on Pinterest going, God, I just wish I could be that mom. I wish I could have a birthday party like that for my kid. Why? What is that? It's a one-year-old. He's pooing right now. That's all they do. And we're crazy about their birthday parties. It just poos. I feel like that's all they do. I have issues with that. Now, in the days of the wheat harvest, Reuben went and found mandrakes in the field. Reuben is the son of Leah. Mandrakes is an aphrodisiac, something to help with fertility. Brought to this his mother Leah, then Rachel said to Leah, please give me some of your son's mandrakes. But she said to her, is it not small matter? You've taken my husband, and now you'll take my son's mandrakes also? So Rachel said, therefore, we may, here's the deal, here's the deal. You lie with him tonight. And tonight, in return for your son's mandrakes. When Jacob came in from the field in the evening, then Leah went to meet him. There's Leah. <laughs> you must come in to me, for I have surely hired you with my son's mandrakes. What is going on? You know what it is? It's maidens and mandrakes. It's anything that we can humanly conceptualize to handle our own destiny. Rachel used Bilhah. Leah used Zipa, and now mandrakes are in the mix. Anything that we can twist and contort and posture to get what we want, to try to change our destiny, to get things that we believe that will make us happy, and it always falls short. Then Jacob said, God, give, God gave to Leah, and she conceived and bore Jacob a fifth son. And Leah said, God has given me my wages because I gave my maid to my husband. So she named him Issachar. Leah conceived and bore Jacob a sixth son. Now this will be on the screen. I love it. It's the brokenness of Leah. Then Leah said, God has endowed me with a good gift. Now my husband will dwell with me because I have borne him six sons. So she named him Zebulun. After she bore a daughter and named him Dina. Then God remembered Rachel and gave heed to her and opened her womb. So she conceived and bore a son and said, God has taken away my reproach. She named him Joseph, saying, may the Lord give me another son. Wow. That is the most insane thing I've ever read. That is worse than an episode of Pretty Little Liars. <laughs> what is happening? What is happening we say the world's falling apart. The world was falling apart thousands of years ago because ever since Adam and Eve sinned and started to cover up, they began in their heart, in their body, a desire to have something that is not theirs. Have a desire that's something that they do not have. And we are broken and we are messed up. Jacob messed up, right? Jacob is jacked up. He's a liar. He's a thief. He's a trickster. Leah is broken, called ugly by the world standards. She didn't have kind eyes. Rachel, barren on the inside for a time, broken and messed up. I'm going to add a fourth person into this mix, and it's me. For years, I grew up in church. I was a pastor's son. I loved church. I was an FB kids, FB students. And then I began to desire things not of the church, to desire things not of the Bible. I was on staff, and I quit. I left. 
I didn't want to mess my family up anymore. I didn't want to hurt my father or my mother, so I left and did my own thing. I was in places that I shouldn't have been. I was around people that I shouldn't have been around. I was doing things that I shouldn't have done because I'm broken and I'm messed up. I want to read to you the list of the people that that craziness was from. From Zipla, Bilha, Rachel, and Leah. These are the names. Reuben, Simeon, Levi, Judah, Dan, Naphtali, Gad, Asher, Issachar, Zebulun, Joseph, and Benjamin. These are the 12 tribes of Israel. Out of that brokenness, out of that mess, came the 12 tribes of Israel. And out of the tribe of Judah came David. Out of David came our Jesus Christ. You know where Judah came from? Leah, the ugly and the broken one. And if you believe this weekend that you aren't good enough, if you lie awake at night not believing in yourself, Leah did the same thing, and out of Leah came Judah, out of Judah came David, and out of David came Jesus, because his perfection will shine through your imperfection. There is nothing, there is nothing that you can do to achieve. There is nothing that you can do to gain his approval. Jesus is your approval on the cross. Jesus is your achievement. Righteousness do not, does not come from works, but faith alone. But faith alone. And I'm here this weekend preaching to you about it all because his perfection shines through our imperfection. In our mess, he is made strong. Jesus, through our weakness, Jesus rises out of the ashes. I believe that Leah is a picture of the law and Rachel is a picture of grace. Because they, sorry, because Jacob had to work seven years for Leah. You have to work, the law says, to gain something. Rachel, a picture of grace, he received Rachel and then worked afterward. He received Rachel on the front end. We receive grace, we receive forgiveness, we receive mercy on the front end, and then we live for Jesus after that. But then, so many of us either are like Leah, and we try, and we posture, and we still try to achieve God's mercy. We try to achieve salvation. And then so many of us are like Rachel. We've received that grace, but it's not enough. We see others, we think we have to work we have to pour over scripture because if we don't, he'll fall out of love with us. We have his approval. Rachel had his approval and it wasn't enough. You may be sitting here in your seat this weekend and you love God, but you believe that with Jesus, it's not enough. You have to work. You have to scrub your sins away. You have to get your cloth and you have to work and you have to pray and you have to read and you have to attend small group and you can't miss church because God is going to smote you. His blood is enough. Jesus is enough. His perfection is enough. If this weekend you have no idea what I'm talking about, but you've walked in for the first time or maybe many times, you've kicked in the tires of Christianity, you don't know who Jesus is, you feel broken, you feel lost, I would love to introduce him to you. You know why he's the best one to introduce? Because you have to do nothing for him. Jesus asks nothing for you to do. He just wants to be with you. 
So often we feel like it's an arbitrary cop in the sky waiting for us to mess up. But he is a perfect savior that calls us sons and daughters and he did everything he could to make a path to his son. This weekend, if you feel broken, you can attach yourself to somebody, myself, Leah, Rachel, or Jacob. Jesus died for every single person. And if you've walked in here thinking, I'm just too messed up, did you read what we just read? <laughs> you are accepted. You are eternally approved. You are eternally approved and loved by our Savior God. Amen. I'm going to pray a prayer. This prayer is not magical. They're just words, but it's a, it's a confession before our Savior that we need him. And if you've never prayed it, we'd love to pray it with you because here at Faith Promise, we do everything together. So we're going to pray this together out loud. God, thank you for your son. I truly believe that I am imperfect. But your son's perfection is enough. Thank you for the gift of salvation. I will live for you from this day forward because I want to. Thank you, Jesus. It's in your son's name we pray. Amen. Amen. It's been good to be in the house of the Lord. We are so excited to have you guys here. We thank you so much for being a part of Faith Promise Church. If anything happened to you during this service, if you want to get involved in a small group, if you prayed to accept Jesus as your Lord and personal Savior, I'd love you to fill the card out, the communication card, in the seat back pocket in front of you. We want to walk with you. We want to connect with you. And we love you guys so much. Do you believe we love you? Do you believe Faith Promise? We love each other. You're dismissed. We love you so much. We'll see you next weekend. <laughs>